Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode is appropriate for all ages. Hi, everyone. Welcome to, I think, if my math is correct, this is the four, or one of the first normal episodes where we don't have the Halloween overlay on, probably like the second at this point. So spooky season is over, but not of this recording. So, you know, we're in this like weird limbo of like time travel, so it's fine. So um, <laughs> I'm KP as usual. Um, I... I do the podcast and then YouTube stuff every once in a while. Please watch, like, subscribe, comment. Um, yeah. And then Lauren's here, of course. Yes, of course. Of course. There, there's the rare there's the, the, uh, the rare occasion that I'm not here, but it's like... So far, it's only 99% happened. 99% of the time I'm here. <laughs> yeah, so far it's only happened once, so we're good. See if you can find it, people that care. Um, you, but you got to do, Lauren, you got to do, of course, like the meme. Like, wait, what? The meme, the meme, the um, the of course the, the Street Fighter meme, the oh, the you know, of course. There you go. Okay, I was <laughs> like, I know you know it. Like, it's a, it's a big meme. Anyway, so this <laughs> this episode is about um L G, L G T P Q, A I. I think I got them all. Plus, L B G T. Okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so representation, so like, um, we'll define all the things for you because it's confusing for normal people, I think, um, no, like, because there's a lot of different ways and talking about representation in the media in all forms, so yay. So with me, I have, um, Michaela. Say hi, Michaela. Hello, friends. Hello, strangers. I am Michaela. I'm... I've been brought on to talk about LGBT representation, and by the way, it's LGBT, not LBGT, like I originally said, like a idiot. <laughs> but uh, yes, I was, I was brought on for this podcast. Um, I assume because I'm a trans lesbian, and uh, I was brought on for my take on the prospect of LGBT representation in modern media as compared to past media. Yeah, and we just did an Owl House video, so you can go, well, watch it. It's not not just, like, after, as you're listening to this, but, you know, we did one, so you can... Yes, after that, go watch the Owl House video that I guest starred in, and after that, go watch the Owl House videos I did over on my channel, Michaela Tartleson. You don't need to plug those, Michaela. They're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just like it when people watch my stuff. I, I made a tweet the other day. It's like, so much creative passion, negative five views, because, like, my views aren't great right now. But anyway, um, it's not important. And then also we have um, with us Round Trip, who I'm going to call Pete because I refuse to use horse names. So, um, <laughs> like, out of spite. Um, so say hi. Um, say hi, Pete. Where What do you do on the Internet? And where can people find you if they want to after they hear this? 
<laughs> well, hey everyone, uh, th this is Round Trip, uh, but I will be called Pete, apparently, uh, during this uh, lively discussion. Uh, what I do uh, on my Round Trip channel is I basically summarize uh, every episode of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic in a very terrible, uh, terribly drawn way. Uh, I use MS Paint and text-to-speech voices, all the worst tools of the trade, to recap every episode. It's called MLP in a Nutshell. It's very stupid. If you like it, you can go to Round Trip on YouTube. So, what the hey. What, what the hey. What the hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Round Trip, I found, is like, you know, I'm just generally cynical about fandom stuff in general, but he is, like, one of the purest, like, uh -huh. like, beans i've seen and like i notice and he's he's slowly been following me everywhere and i'm just like i see you in my deviant pete i know you're there <laughs> so i think it's kind of funny <laughs> see oh, thank you we're calling you pete and all I, and all i can imagine is pete from groove troop uh, <laughs> or however he talks i don't know you're 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 a cat now You've been a fur furry confirmed, anyway. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, so we have news segments. We have some fun stories today. Um, can I do the first one, Lauren? Because it's like the yeah. best. Okay. Yeah, so my f the first story is um, unsurprisingly, Jeffrey Kastenberg's take to take over the world. Um, did not work out very well. So um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, so, okay, let me backtrack. So Jeffrey Katzenberg used to be a Disney executive back on the Renaissance Age of Animation, oh, and he is known for kind of being a dick, um, among other things, as, as well as, like not, like, not understanding the process and kind of being like, let's just put stuff out there and see what happens and just keep on, like, which are... Um, all bad, generally bad things you should not do when you're making art in general. So I don't know if he's changed. I never met him. These are just things that have been reported. Um, you can watch Lindsay Ellis's video um, if you want more like instances of Katzenberg just kind of not being nice. So um, comparatively, Michael Eisner is known to be a lot nicer, but sometimes. Anyway, Disney. We'll do a Disney history and politics later. Anyway, so um, he <laughs> founded DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg and the third guy who had money. Um, they made Shrek, um, and that did well. Obviously, he was on he was on DreamWorks for a while, then he sold it to NBC, and then he just like disappeared for a little bit. Um, I remember. Um, one one time, um, I had lunch at DreamWorks because that was really neat. But anyway, so I had lunch at DreamWorks with one of my friends, and they were just like, "Where's Jeffrey Katzenberg?" And they're just like, "Oh, he sold NBC. He's off at on some yacht somewhere." So that was what I what I was told. So I didn't know he sold NBC. I didn't know he sold DreamWorks at that point, but I just should have looked it up. Anyway, also note um, at DreamWorks at the DreamWorks studio. Not only do they have a Shrek sign that says, like, private property, but they have Shrek on it. Shrek and Donkey and Puss in Boots. But when you go on the DreamWorks lot, not only do they have, like, it's, it's beautiful, the DreamWorks campus. Not only is there, like, this pretty fountain in the middle that looks, and they got the DreamWorks, like, logo, like, made of greenage and stuff. And, like, all Foliage. sorts of fun stuff. Foliage, yeah. yeah. They have this really big, life-size Shrek um, statue, just, like, right, it's, like, the first thing you see. Lauren, have you been on the DreamWorks campus? Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I actually have not, even though, like, I've always, like, being in L.A., I've always lived really close to it. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> but I know exactly what it looks like. So Okay. I mean, I just haven't been there myself. So anyway, there's your there's your interesting fact for today. I miss L.A. essentially. So anyway, so I guess he Katzenberg was like, hey, we're going to do Quibi, which is what? <laughs> like it was like a like a thing that you could watch for quickly on your phone or something like that. Like, do you like know vertical videos, I think, like on your phone or yeah. something like that. Yeah, anyway. there were like two, two versions. So I, I did like the concept of where if you there was like they kept advertising for this one movie where it the perspective depending on whether you were tilting your phone however you were tilting your phone it changed the uh it changed the way the movie looked when you were looking at it so so i what i thought was cool about it was um it was almost like a uh i guess you could say like a thriller type movie and you're keeping track of where characters were with like if you flipped your phone one way it turned into the gps saying where the characters were if help was on the way and stuff and you flip it the other way and it's them and oh. like capsized in a car and they're trying to survive kind of thing where it's almost like flipping camera angles which i, I mean see. that's a really cool idea thing yeah. is it was put onto quibi <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds like that that sounds like watching a movie but with extra steps so you know um it's interactive that way <laughs> but, but the problem it's like it's just you know, it, like i like was, the concept but it could I, work yeah, Somehow. but I feel maybe, like that maybe. maybe that's more video game like. Sorry, Lauren, did I cut you off? No, 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 no. You're fine. Okay, cool. Um, so I think I think the the summary is they they put like two point six billion dollars or something in mm-hmm. trying Dang. to make it work, and then it didn't work. So um, <laughs> everyone sarcastically t- um sarcastically retweeting comments and like, oh no, it's that thing that happened happened so <laughs> i don't know um yeah i don't know i don't think i mean i don't know the guy i don't really know like too much but i feel like he he just is like let's get this good idea and because he was at the right place at the right time in his career then um at certain points he people are like oh it's the, the guy from disney that sounds good and then um speaking from a guy about from disney lauren one of you do the next one uh well we kind of talked about it in the last uh in the uh in the last podcast sort of uh is that over the moon as of now is now released on netflix which uh to briefly fill you in glenn Keane, former Dis- you know he's a disney legend uh incredible disney animator and visionary uh he uh got he teamed up with uh, pearl studio uh netflix and, and you know obviously uh, netflix and as well as Microsoft to all to make this movie happen, it's a it's a basically like a, a musical f- uh, space fantasy kind of thing based in I, I guess you could say Chinese folklore, and um, it looks really just absolutely stunning. I haven't had the chance yeah. to sit and watch it yet, but based on what I'm seeing of people and their reactions to it, is that a lot of people really love it, and they said maybe it was like the right movie that they needed at this time. You know, and uh, so I think that's actually good. That is striking that kind of chord with people. Um, cool. Yeah, and especially in in a rough year, if it's making people feel better, then you know what? That's that's a good thing. Yeah, always. Is it on Netflix right now? Yeah. 
Okay, I, I've ah oh man, I forgot about that. I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks really gorgeous. I have to check this check this out. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to check it out. Like I, I may I may try and watch it tonight <laughs> to, to get because I'm like I've been meaning to watch it. I do have an I do have another headline that is uh, that it's movie relevant and I think it'd be really cool for everybody to know because it only transpired I think within like the like the past you know half day uh, is that uh, clips uh, actually a, a trailer completely dubbed in French though uh, for the Tom and Jerry live action animated hybrid movie uh, apparently made its made its uh, debut in theaters the uh, the trailer showed based of what i could see it's actually i actually could see a lot a lot more potential in this it's not it's not like what they did with woody woodpecker or chipmunks or smurfs it's not like they took these anime characters try to put them in the real world and have them look like the real world because then that's so it's like space jam yeah it's like space jam it's like roger rabbit it's like and it's actually if you remember the rocky and bullwinkle movie it's kind of like that too because based of what i can tell on the clips is that they applied a 2d it's almost i guess you could say they paper manned it um they uh put a 2d layer and cell shading and stuff on a 3d model and they but they animated it the the 3d models as they would a cartoon so animating huh. with smears and squash and stretch and all that stuff to make it look like it's almost like you can't tell what's hand drawn and what's a model. So um, the interesting thing is, is just, you know, I trying to find where the, the 2D ends and the 3D begins <laughs> because some of it may be just really smooth animation. I, it's, I'm trying to tell it. But then again, the footage that we do have, it was just somebody who's like, I didn't even expect to see this in theaters, but I tried to s- grab it with my phone and it's like not in the best quality. Uh, speaking of Rocky and Bullwinkle, um, just a little fun little bit of trivia. Um, when I was starting to do uh, videos on YouTube, I had the idea of doing a, having a like contrarian character that I could use to help get my points across whenever I would need one. And for some reason, when I sat down to consider it, I've scrapped this idea since, but when I sat down to think about it, the voice of the contrarian always came out, always came off as Bullwinkle. So I thought, I thought if this idea was going to get off the ground, I would just call this contrarian to which I would have to combat my ideas with bullshit winkle. <laughs> but Michaela, why this, this or this? Well, well, bullshit winkle. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> There's bull my winkle. Yeah. And so, and they established basically all the characters connection to the universe. Uh, and yeah, establishing that there is, you know, there's a TV show and that launch pad in, in particular, is a huge fan of the show, so he's able to use what he knows from the show. And also, the of course, uh, Darkwing is uh, is also a fan, or at least the, the actor that plays him, uh, is that they both are like extreme nerds about the show. So, um, so they're able to apply what they know from the show and the, from all of that <laughs> to to how they uh, fight crime and stuff like that, which I think is hilarious. That they're like, oh, this is just like episode twenty-two, you know, scene fifteen. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's great. Um, That's just like a hundred and one Dalmatians too. That is true. The I don't know if you saw that, adventure. but that was good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I do like how they applied it here, and also. Uh, uh, and also Goslin's connection to everything. Uh, I love her personality in this. I love how they how they took what was established in the original and they ran with it even more in this one. 
she almost kind of she in, in a way she almost kind of makes me think of MJ from the new Spider-Man movies just that kind of spunky you know yep yep like, I seen her design I know exactly what you're talking about yeah so um so question time so Lauren do you want to leave the questions or do you, uh, you want to switch or we'll, we'll, we'll alternate I, you can you can begin if you'd like if there's anything in particular okay. to begin with cool so um one Michaela generally why don't we just open up with um the the what is a gay question like um why don't you describe like your experience and then just gen the general spectrums because it's also like there's also cisgender and not which if like you you are born in the right sex or you're not and then might i take it from here <laughs> yeah you got it i don't know what i'm doing okay <laughs> <laughs> i just i didn't i didn't want to hear i just didn't want to listen to you fumble too hard <laughs> anyway <clears throat> Yes, hello. Um, as I previously mentioned before, I am a trans lesbian. That puts me on the LGBT spectrum. And what that is, is a, is a spectrum of uh, preferences and identities that... Um, hmm, trying to find the best way to put this. Um, cup... Co- Sorry, now I'm fumbling over my words. <laughs> a lot of letters. Yes, it's a it's a spectrum of preferences, identities, and livelihoods that are that differentiate themselves from cisgender or heterosexual. So ba- basically, the the main four main four acronyms anagrams a- acronym acronyms. Yeah, well, the main four letters mean lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans. Now. Transgender takes a little more time to explain because, well, it takes more time to explain because it's not as well known, but it basically means you identify as a gender that is different from the gender you were assigned at birth. I'm a trans, I am a trans woman, which means I was labeled as assigned male at birth or AMAB at birth, but um, I think around 2017, I realized that, hey, maybe I'm not actually a guy like uh like the doctor said i am because what the fuck do the doctors know and i've gone to three other doctors who concur with that and i've been on hormone replacement therapy to help me transition into a body that i'm comfortable with for about two years now and i think it's going swell that's good but i guess awesome yes but um uh transitioning like male to female is not the only way you can transition you can trans you can uh uh, transition from AFAB assigned female birth to like a trans man. You can be uh, considered non-binary, where you don't uh, um, abide by the strict male or female um, uh, female um, identification. You could be gender fluid, which means uh, what gender you identify as kind of depends from like moment to moment or day to day. You could be agender, just go by uh, just go by like no no gender at all. And um, there are several other uh, there are several other uh, ways you can uh, explore this uh, spectrum of uh, transgender. Um, but yes, uh, then there's then as there's what the vast majority of people are, which is cisgender, where they identify as the gender they were assigned at birth. And cis, like so, like cis uh, genders, cis cisgender people, cisgender heterosexuals are the only group. 
not covered by the LGBT spectrum because it covers, like it covers lesbians, it uh, covers gay men, it covers trans people, it covers, there are other acronyms you can, um, there are other letters you can add to the acronym like over on, like uh, ACE, questioning, questioning is one of them, that's what the Q is for, it's not the other word, I trust me. Um, non, there's the non, then for non-binary, the, the P in the end, then, then there's like a plus for all the other ones, but uh, yeah. That is what the LGBT spectrum is, what it covers, and uh, what is going to be the t- what is going to be one of the topics for um, this po- this episode's uh, discussion. Yay, we did it. Um, so, and then what was my other question following that? Um, um, I don't like so something I'm kind of curious about that might get too. De- we don't have to spend too deep into it, but like. Can you explain, like, the, like, how does the transition process work when you start taking hormones and that kind of thing? Because I think that's something a lot of people, like, don't really, like, know about, or it's not public knowledge versus, like, just identifying as one or the other, if that makes sense. Yes, that is correct. And to accentuate that point, uh, I'm a trans lesbian, which means I identify a girl as a girl and I'm attracted to girls. In the t- on the topic of transitioning, hormone replacement therapy is certainly an option. Some people take it, some people don't. I have been on hormone replacement therapy, or HRT, for two years now. It has involved uh, taking two tablets of testosterone blockers and two tablets of estrogen. Now, you can go with the tablets, or you can go with like a patch, or you can go with like an injection. I went with I went with the, um, the tablets because they were just easier to keep track of. I didn't have to... Uh, I didn't have to wake up one day. I was like, oh, 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 no, I forgot my, I forgot my injection meeting. To, but yeah, no, it, it puts all the thing on me. And um, as I said, um, the effects of hormone replacement therapy will depend on what, on what gender you're trying to transition to. For me, um, hormone replacement therapy has been a godsend because it has helped me develop a more it helps me has helped me develop a more feminine body. Yeah. It has helped with fat redistribution. Okay, basically my fat's going from my uh, fat's not no longer storing in my stomach, it's storing in other places, helping helping add some curves to my frames. Um it has estrogen has honestly, it's like helped um ease my temper because I was before HRT I was very testosterone heavy, which was not fun, trust me. <laughs> But yeah, it's helped with my temper. It's helped with my skin. Oh my god, my skin is the is the uh, smoothest it's ever been. Like I do, I do keep up. I do try to stay hydrated. I do try to moisturize. But estrogen certainly does help. It's basically the fountain of youth. <laughs> oh no, she, it has actually she's helped me it out. Uh, thin out. <laughs> it has actually helped uh, thin out my body hair. But because my hair is very dark and I'm quite fair skin, it hasn't. Uh, as thinned as much as I like, I would like, but there are, there are ways we can uh, we can uh, overcome that. So yeah, uh, HRT has been doing has been doing wonders for me. And once I am through with electrolysis, which is an FDA approved permanent hair removal from my face, and then I have corrective I have uh, uh, corrective surgery, I will have been I will have fully completed my transition. Neat. Um, yeah. And, Sorry, yeah was, was that too long? No, it's no, okay. No, no. I was just. No, I, I'm like, I, I want to give a make sure. I want to make sure I didn't cut off anybody. <laughs> you don't have to go too deep into it, especially if it's just like, 
like explaining vaginas and stuff like you know this is this is not a health channel <laughs> um but but yeah and then something i learned that i'll just throw out there before we move on to actual like media stuff and we'll have we'll have pete kind of throw in his like he like his reputation rep- representation side of things which uh, know that that we cool. learned today is i wanted to also just think that uh from my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong being trans is, is um is based on a identity and i think people get that confused a lot with just dressing and drag and those are two uh separate things right Michaela? oh absolutely 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 uh trans women and drag queens are two very different things i if you've seen any contrasting um, information on that from like RuPaul or something, don't listen to him. Trust me, RuPaul is garbo. I am. <laughs> that's that's the hell I'm willing to die on right this right this now. Uh, drag queens, they're fine. They aren't trans women, but they're fine. RuPaul specifically is garbo. <laughs> and if you think that's a contentious point now, wait till we get into the meat of our topic. Trust me, you're gonna hate me and not want me on these podcasts ever again. <laughs> she's making too many people mad we gotta put her in the bad the bad corner <laughs> um i'm kidding well, obviously okay <laughs> um all right and then um pete why don't you talk about your your specific heritage because i think it's interesting especially considering that americans are always not nice to native americans historically so yeah that's very true uh so uh, i am a member of the navajo nation uh my mother's side of the family uh is from uh, that area and from that heritage um and my dad's side of the family uh is white uh immigrants from uh elsewhere uh but i'm a member of the navajo nation and my parents didn't really like my, my, my parents were not really big on teaching me about that part of my my culture uh so i kind of missed out on a lot of stuff um but i did get to hang out with uh, my family on my navajo side and um my my grandfather actually uh was one of the vice presidents of the navajo nation uh, and i got to look at a lot of the internal workings uh, of of the navajo government so and, and i'm working on learning the language uh that i wasn't taught as a kid um so it's sort of a strange, like, mixed identity kind of thing. And looking at how I'm supposed to react to that is hard because, um, my fa- again, my family, you know, never really uh, taught me about all that stuff. My, 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 grand, my, my grandmother uh, on my Navajo side, we call, uh, we, we call our uh, grandparents, um, let's see, uh, your your maternal grandmother in Navajo is called uh, your uh, Masane. And sh- she and and my uh, aunts on that side have taught me a few things um, uh, passed down uh, over the generations. So being, being Navajo and looking at, you know, the media landscape and how... Um, <laughs> How uh, American Indians uh, or Native Americans, either one's fine. Um, how how they've been treated over the years is, you know, it's it's hard to like take it, in. It kind of sucks from what yeah, I can it, tell. It, it does. <laughs> like, like there's some cool stuff that has happened, but like the vast majority of American history is just like, what do we do with these these natives? We got to get them out so we can build our railroad and and stuff. 
We need to move them further to the yeah. west. Just keep on like, moving okay, them. Okay, you know? okay, here's a line. You guys can stay on this side of the line, but we'll take the other half. And then they change the line a few years later. And then a few years later, they change the line again. Oh, and then they find gold, and they find water, and they find whatever. Like, oh, no, no. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And then eventually, basically, the entire country was colonized. And um, that, that, did, that did not eliminate... Uh, Native Americans uh, entirely uh, like one of the one of the things that kind of makes me sad is how a lot of people and a lot of um, like museums or a lot of uh, history uh, discussion often says like oh the Native Americans used to live here or oh back in the day the Native Americans used to do this and like like referring to us in the past tense like <laughs> despite the US government and the Canadian government's best efforts uh, we're still here uh, that's, that that's something that it is uh, important to uh, to to repeat, I guess, to anyone listening. Yeah, why don't you? Um, we'll touch on briefly, but like, so where um, where is your tribe um, like like natively located? Do you have any traditions you want to talk about, or um, you know, any other like customs that you guys do? Yeah, yeah. The uh, so the Navajo Nation is uh, the largest uh, uh, Indian nation in North America, in uh, the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. And the land that we currently have uh, that is considered the Navajo Nation uh, by the federal government is pretty big. It's slightly bigger than the state of West Virginia, uh, and is located in three states: uh, in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. And it is a sovereign nation. We have our own laws. We have our own police. We have our own um, you know, our own courts, our own president. We have our own elections uh, and stuff like that. That sounds yeah, nice. Yeah, so, and, and that was a hard-fought <laughs> battle to get that. Um, the U.S. government has really evolved in its policy towards Indians. <laughs> Initially, you know, in the days of Washington and, and Jefferson, it was more like, these guys are savages and we need to get them out of the way so we can do our progress. Um, but eventually we were welcomed into the country. It took, it took, it took until like the 1900s for us to get citizenship. Um, and then actually one surprising thing is that uh, Richard Nixon, uh, like he, he's not known as a great president in general, but like he was one of the best presidents for uh, American Indians because he sort of changed the policy from like, screw you guys, to actually, let's let these guys, like, run their nations as they want. Um, let's, like, I mean, they, they got first dibs, right? So <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are... It's like, there you go, the more you yeah. know people. So, Nixon did one good thing, at least. <laughs> did one, well, yeah, Nixon also did, like, um, he. I think he did a lot of environmental That's act- true. activism. That's true, he started the EPA, that, that was... Yeah. Um, kind of a weird so... mixed character there. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's still a long way to go. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of indigenous peoples, uh, a lot of indigenous women especially, uh, who have had crimes committed against them, like a lot of those cases go unsolved because just the government doesn't put the resources in. Um, so that's yeah. a huge problem. Uh, water rights is a huge problem. A lot of sacred, sacred sites that are really important to many indigenous religions a lot of those are in danger a lot of those have not been returned um and of course millions of treaties have not been like enforced um so yeah there's a lot there's a long long way to go but the u.s has definitely evolved um (laughs) yeah and i think from my understanding the more people are educated about like about like how horrible we are to or 
like we are, uh, quote unquote, yeah. but like how horrible the U.S. and just other like foreign countries are to native uh, native peoples. More pe- more people are pushing for social reform. Yeah. So you know, and then then we can always we can also get the whole into the whole thing about like how you know we steal artifacts and then we have them at museums oh, yes. hundreds of years later, and then yeah. like. Someone's like, "Hey, didn't you steal that?" And they're like, "No, oh wait." No, we're, take, we're taking care of it. That's what we're doing. We're taking care. It's fine. So you know, like, go do you, um go up, look up the history of Mount Rushmore specifically because oh, that's a dang, hot topic yes. uh, lately. You know, that's like a whole like f you as well as like Mount Rushmore in general oh, yeah. is just I think is a stupid concept. Yeah, you are not the only one. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, you know, we can have nice just just make it a national park, call it a day, everyone wins. <laughs> so, you know. Um, all right. So, what are other So, we're going to talk about media. Yeah. So, um, I guess from your from both of your guys' understanding, um what has what have you seen uh, as far as just representation from your own um sides of um I guess culture being honored or dishonored in media and like how has that changed over the like maybe just since you've been alive or since you've been keeping attention so I guess Michaela can go first because she probably has more um I imagine because like you know like whoever is more pro like it seems like whoever has a prominent push in Hollywood like there's a lot of like Hollywood's known for being very um friendly to all the all the gay we love all the gays you know um Especially, like, same things as, like, you know, we're not going to talk about too much about Jewish culture because, like, because there's a lot of Jews in Hollywood in general, you know, like, that gets a lot of representation where I don't think it would if it was another way. And then people are like, oh, look at Jewish culture. We learned about it. Oh, yay. I'm, I'm sad now. So, essentially. Um, so, Michaela, you can, what, what have, like, how has it been evolving from your perspective, and what do you like and what do you dislike about it, about that ev- evolution? Well. <laughs> Brings out essay. I will. <laughs> Michaela's man- manifesto. Okay, so I am going to do my best to be be very thorough with this topic without necessarily having to cite my fiancé. <laughs> That's that sounds like a good PC way to way to do it. Not that your fiance is not PC, but you know what I mean. Um, yes, actually, uh, we should have brought her on because uh, she's trans and native. Oh, you get two for the you know it's it's Ooh. it's it's you and you and you and you and Pete had a fusion fusion kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, go oh, ahead. God. <laughs> okay, so Steven Universe <laughs> joke. Okay, so, uh, speaking of Steven Universe, um, the LGBT rep in modern media, as as I see it, is it's certainly more prevalent than uh, what we've been getting since I was a wee little lass who did not know she was a wee little lass. But prevalence does, uh, prevalence quality it does not make. Pretty sure I said that wrong. But, uh, yeah, even if it's like technically more prevalent, it's not as prevalent as it could be, and even then, it's not great. I think Steven Universe sadly is a sadly is a good contender for how to do it wrong, because it cloaks a lot of stuff in allegory and metaphors, 
because like for the longest time the only like uh the only characters you could argue or confirm as lgbt were monogender lesbians from another planet which leads itself which lends itself to the problem of othering now othering is a problem is when you present lg lgbt people or any minority as a non-human race this stuff is very prevalent in stuff like uh star trek uh it's it's prevalent in warcraft and in terms of lgbt rap it's prominent it's mostly prominent in steven universe and that didn't get and that didn't get fixed until the later seasons but even then those uh even then that that representation came in the form of bit characters we only ever saw like once or twice before never seeing them again Mm. now Mm -hmm. you could argue uh one one also bad way to do it is uh legend of Korra, which saved it for the very last two minutes of the very last episode i've heard people say well i mean that was Mm -hmm. i mean that was before uh gay marriage was legalized in the u.s and they just did what they could so they have to throw them a bone i think it was mostly done just to give just to give people something to talk about for the finale because when you think about the legend of Korra finale what's the thing that comes to mind is it is it the giant mecha battle that was there or is it the two girls holding hands at the very end because of when it happens at the early end at the very end that's what you're gonna rem- most remember mm. yeah that's not a great way to do it i've heard mm-hmm. that the legend of Korra comics are better because it actually portrays uh Korra and asami as a couple which is another thing if you're going to establish that these characters are lgbt which another another hurdle some people some people uh fail to leap but also that show kippo which i heard recently ended i never watched it but i've heard good things about it it was able it was able to at least jump one hurdle in having a character just explicitly state that they're gay that's good However, a non another problem is um, when you is when you tease two two characters who when you tease two characters who are LGBT and kind of like hype them up to be a couple, and then not and then not follow through with that until the very yeah until the very last episode. Trust me, will <laughs> they won't they is a problem in straight ships as well as gay ships, but it's more noticeable in gay ships because we get so fewer of them. Mm. Yeah, it happened. In, I think it happened in Kippo. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I know it happened in Shira, and we're gonna talk about Shira in just a second. Uh, it happened with Korra, as as I previously stated. There wasn't really any build up to that, but you know. I feel like, to a degree, Miraculous Ladybug even has even has some of that. To a degree, yeah. I mean, the show sadly, hasn't ended, but it, it it does have some of that. Yeah, if uh, if those two care, I know the two characters you're talking about. If they get together before. <laughs> Not even before the last episode, before the last season, I will be shocked. But, yeah. They seem to allude to it pretty strongly, at, at least for now. So we'll see, given uh, the movie and, and, like, the New York uh, New York branch off that they did, and, or at least the, the Heroes world that they're going to do. Uh, I guess we'll see what, what they'll do with it. Okay. Now, as I've, as I've stated, there's prevalence... And then there's quality, and quality can be a big, for some reason, is a big problem for some people. Because, like, you can argue that, you can argue that, oh, well, they can't be, like, uh, they can't be, like, blatant and upfront about it, because then they'll get, then they'll get uh, complaints from, like, xenophobic, like, uh, homophobic parents or transphobic parents, or they won't be able to syndicate in China. Just, just, just a disclaimer, I hate the China excuse. 
after what's been happening mm-hmm. with COVID, I refuse to scapegoat China for anything. Mm-hmm. We're getting a little political here, but I'm, I'm going I'm to dial back just a bit. Okay. <laughs> now, you could argue that they have to be, like, subtle about it. Which yeah. you, they honestly don't, because Kippo just had a character saying that they're gay. And the Owl House has been doing its thing pretty good. I mean, that it's still... It's still it's still struggling to leave the hurdle of will they, won't they, but I'm ble- I have faith that it will. Mm. So yeah, you argue that they can't be very blatant about it. You can argue that they have to be cautious and watch their, and like, they're walking, they're, the creators are still walking on eggshells and the executives, blah, 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 blah. But that argument kind of loses steam when you remember Voltron, who brought on a gay character and then killed them in the same episode. And then the creator's like, oh, but that's all the studio would allow. When the studio came out and said the executives, as well as the advisors, the creators hired to, as LGBT consultants, all told them not to do this. And they ignored them. And then they put the blame on the studio when people didn't like it. Since then, I've been, I have been hesitant to believe any claim of a character of someone saying, oh, well, they have to do this or the studio will, like, cancel the show. But even if you want to make that argument, even if you want to make that argument on why on why LGBT uh, care- representation can't be as prevalent as we might like, there's still the matter of quality. And quality is where we jump back to Shira. Now, I have not watched a whole lot of Shira. I've seen, like, one episode, and then I saw the confession at the finale. That's all I saw. KP, have you watched Shira? Yes, and though um, okay, and also answer Pete's... one question. Go ahead. <laughs> answer one question. Yeah, sorry. Answer one question for me, and I'll answer one question for me. How often? How many times across multiple uh, across the five seasons have we seen? Have we seen very very explicit imagery of Catra and Adora beating the <laughs> out of each other? A lot. <laughs> Yeah, okay. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> basically, basically the problem with Katra and Adora in in uh Shira and the Princess of Power, they're basically they're basically gay Raylo. They're basically gay Raylo where right. they they wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It involves them it involves these two characters beating the tar out of each other. I should have said tar beginning. I'm sorry. You're going to have to censor that uh censor that uh later. But yeah, they're and yet somehow they think that it's okay to pair these two as a couple. And sadly, that's not the only egregious uh, mis- misstep that the show has made. Mm-hmm. There's Double Trouble, who is canonically non-binary and also canonically a shape-shifting lizard person. Mm-hmm. Now, non-binary people being shapeshifters is another example of othering, which is a problem. And, and, there's just a... There's just that little anti-Semitism cherry on top because lizard people is a is an anti-Semitic <laughs> slur. The lizard people are running the government. Because there was a time where people would say, "Oh, the lizard people! Oh, the lizard people are controlling the banks or the government." Or insert scapegoat here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a problem with Double Trouble. That's a problem with the Catchadora ship. That's the problem with LGBT representation in general. It tends to just it tends to uh. It tends to value quantity over quality, mm. but we're not even getting that much quantity. Is the thing? Yeah. Mm. Can I jump in about She-Ra too? Please. Um, 
Okay, so, um, yeah, to make Caitlin's point, um, like, the whole She-Ra stuff is ambiguous, I guess, because they were, like, I'm not trying to justify it, from, but I think from their, their, from the narrative's perspective, like, Adora and Catra didn't know, well, Catra did, but Adora didn't know she, well, I don't know, it's confusing, but, um, they do have, they do have, um, both, uh, two, two male males um those dads are gay and they're shown in multiple episodes um you know being affectionate to each other like hand kissing and like holding hands and stuff like that and they also have a female female um two of the princesses are married to each other and they've they um there's a whole arc in the fifth season about that as well as like um they're shown kissing like several times so um you know um i get i get adora and catcher and i get the lack of consequences for catcher in general for toxic behavior like i talk about that in the main review but there also is some some other stuff in there too so you know that that is great to hear that's great to hear and it just kind of makes me sad that we didn't get a, a relationship like that as the main focus like if those if those characters like the fact that they're in multiple episodes is great if we had a relationship like those two like those two couples had is as the and in the main cast and like part of the main focus, then I could say, then I could say Sheer would have fantastic representation. Yeah, as but... it stands, as it stands, those two are, things are still good. It's just double trouble and the Catchadora ship still bring it back. Yeah, that's that's valid. Um... Uh, I had something else to say real quick, and I if you want to jump to topics uh, pretty soon, I'm I'm more than willing to. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what another thing I was thinking about till you brought it up. What was it? Goodness gracious. I'm trying to think of the other rep. Like, well, I think Marceline and Bubblegum has, like, had a similar problem. Where oh, yeah. Marceline Bubblegum, that is another problem. It it was ship-teased until the very last episode. And mm-hmm. that is, that's not, that's just not good storytelling. Mm-hmm. But. Better. God, I know there was something else I wanted to talk about, but what was it? Meanwhile, there's Hasbin Hotel where right out of the gate we have, we have Charlie and Vaggie. So I don't know. I do like that. I do like that. I just, I do love Charlie and Vaggie. I just wish they were a little more explicit because I've seen people react to that pilot. It's like, oh, are they good? Are they friends? Are they sisters? And they never, oh God. They never clarify it. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side of that, um, there's that episode of the Owl House where we're introduced to Edith's sister, Lilith. Now, before, now before, and I've, I've had this, I've had this confirmed with other people who've watched the show. Before Lilith is confirmed as Edith's sister in that episode, people see like the people see that kind of like the lingering animosity between them and assume they're just bitter exes. Right. And then and then you see and then you hear you hear them confirmed sisters like, oh no, I take it back, I take it back, I don't want this to be frozen. <laughs> yeah, the internet running wild with Anna Elsa was just I'm like, no, 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 no. No, they were established sisters from the beginning. No, get out. <laughs> That's part of their arc. Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, look at how, look at how, like, explicitly romantic they're acting. Surely Disney did this on purpose. Trust me, no. <laughs> writers, the writers are just stupid. <laughs> oh, Lord. Pete, do you want to jump in and say anything so far? Like, how do you like I am interested. <laughs> I was just going to say, I am interested in what you have to say about uh, representation, Pete, like specifically native representation, because I'm probably just going to be ignorant about this. But to my knowledge, the most prevalent native rep I've seen in media is Chakotay from Deep Space Nine, which I've heard has its problems, as well as Tommy in Power Rangers Zero. 
which I hear also has its problems. I'm actually not familiar with those two. I shall have to look into that, um, unfortunately. Um, most of my, uh, I guess, examples uh, mostly here come from Disney and Pixar because I'm a Disney Pixar freak. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> so Aren't like, we all? <laughs> so, like, it's definitely changed over the years. So, like, uh, my, okay, so my sister... My sister is a hu- is, is is an even bigger Disney freak than I am, and she once set out on this quest to like, um, and this is before like streaming was really popular uh, and really prevalent. So before we had any streaming services, she went on this quest to like watch every single Disney Animation Studios film, um, including like the rare ones and hard to find ones and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So she 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 set on this quest uh, uh, many years ago. And uh, we kind of joined her in her viewing sessions for a lot of these, because we we were curious too, and I hadn't, um, uh, yeah. So so like when, when when she would get a new DVD in uh, that she hadn't seen before in in the Disney canon, uh, I would be curious too, and stuff. So anyway, so Peter Pan. <laughs> so she. Yeah, I was gonna be like, is this yeah. leading oh, to Peter Pan? Oh you can already see where this is coming. <laughs> oh no, I forgot about Peter Pan. <laughs> so. So, I, as a little kid, I had the like, um, oh, what, what the, like the Disney sing-alongs and stuff. As a little kid, um, so I, I had heard like some of the like songs from Peter Pan or something. Not that one that we're going to, but like, but but like some of the others. Um, so I was like, oh, Peter Pan, I get it. He's like a flying guy who like like takes these kids to like a fantasy land. Okay, that sounds that sounds cute and fun. So I didn't know much about Peter Pan going into it. <laughs> So we put in the DVD and Grace and Grace, uh, my sister and and I um, start watching it and then like uh, my, my mom's also in the room. We're all we're like, okay, let, let's check this out. I've never seen this like in one sitting before. I've seen clips. I've heard of Peter Pan. <laughs> the poor people who don't know what we're talking about yet. <laughs> okay, so for those of you, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of you know, but like for those of you who don't. So, so Peter Pan like comes from this like fantasy sort of like what island in the sky I guess we could call it is that fair? Um, this kind yeah. of fantasy fantasy land called Neverland, and Neverland and like he he takes these kids who are from like London you know boring reality, uh, and and takes them on this ma- magical journey to Neverland and they have cool adventures and whatever, um, and it's all like based on a book um, and, and stuff. So they go to Neverland, and like Neverland is this like fantasy world where there are like pirates and stuff. Like, ooh, pirates! That, that we don't have pirates. And then there's like mermaids. Like, ooh, mermaids! We don't have mermaids either. And then like pixies, like all these fantasy creatures. And also, apparently, one of the fantasy creatures <laughs> in Neverland are American Indians. <laughs> it's like what? Oh God. Don't don't they say that word with the with the hard J too? Don't uh, they? I I don't remember it that clearly, but maybe they they might they might have. Um, okay. But yeah, <laughs> and so you know you, you know, got we your meet... typical mythical creatures: fairies, mermaids, <laughs> <laughs> fairies, mermaids, pirates, Indians. Wait, what's going on? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so and so there... and like <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say from from what I remember, um, they're pretty like stereotypical too. Like the whole like, oh dang, yeah, you know, 
red paint, the feathers, and the like the yes the the, the mouth thing and the the, the smoking tobacco, <laughs> yes. which say Captain Peter Pan for some reason. Yeah, like the, the peace pipes and like everything you think you've heard, like like and and I don't know, was this in the fifties? Like what what what, what, what yeah, 50s? I think I think it was yeah. like the fifties ish. Um, and there were like so many stereotypes going around back then. Um, just, yeah, the peace pipes and the headdresses and just just mixing stuff from all these like indigenous things, like oh gosh. So yeah, Indians apparently are a fantasy race <laughs> in in Neverland, and so we, we're watching this for the first time. Uh, my sister and I are watching this for the first time, and like and you know we meet Tinkerbell, we meet the pixies, we meet the pirates, and all, all this stuff, and then we meet the the Indians, <laughs> and like. I forget exactly what happens. I think like there's like uh, like an Indian princess, which is like that's not a thing. We didn't have like royalty systems. Yeah, I was gonna ask Lauren. Didn't they make Tiger Tiger Lily is the name of the princess? Did they make Tiger yeah. Lily like an official princess at one point, and they like dropped her. Kind of, sorta, yeah. Oh, really? I mean, it's 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 almost like she's like I guess you want to say like, almost like in the forgotten princess category because <laughs> oh of, like because of the because at one point yeah I guess people they were categorizing her as such but i've never seen her ranked up there in the disney royalty category um even though pocahontas gets up there even though she's not a princess she's just the daughter of the chief so yeah that's that's another thing we can talk about pocahontas oh yeah really getting there too um but yeah like don't you worry i have a list (laughs) i literally have a list (laughs) so um but yeah so we're watching peter pan and then like I, I think they like save Tiger Lily at some point or something, and they get rewarded, and they get, and they have this like, uh, this powwow or whatever. I don't know what they called it, um, but they have this party, I guess, with, with all the Indians. <laughs> and of course, all the stereotypical stuff happens, and they go into this huge musical number, and like this is where like my my jaw starts dropping. <laughs> like I had no Especially idea. Especially when you hear what they're singing. Yeah, and so there's this whole song about like I think it's called like "What Makes the Red Man Red" or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god, just hearing that makes me. Clench. Yeah, I know. And like, and it's like this Richard Kipling like tall tale about like why Indians have red skin. It's like just. just and then it's this, and everyone's having a grand old time with this like just amazingly racist like caricature going on, and like I'm just. My mouth is just wide open. Like I had no idea what was in this. Like, <laughs> and they use Peter Pan in like marketing and stuff for Disney and Tinkerbell's everywhere. And like, I never knew like this was. <laughs> yeah, they they the the thing they do now for Disney Plus is um, yeah they, they have they, a warning. They have this disclaimer that you know. <laughs> Please don't censor our movies because we want to keep them alive to teach people. And I'm just like, okay, At the same time, we'll still not put Sound of the South ever onto Disney Plus. So there's that. I think they will eventually, but, you know, I I think the whole Black Lives Matter stuff isn't really timed well for that right now. Oh, God. And they they took the crows out of the Dumbo remake. Good call. Good call. Very good call. Yeah. Lord. I'm trying to think. So yeah, Peter Pan. I mean, it didn't. Um, it didn't make the. It didn't make Dumbo the Dumbo remake any better. But <laughs> <laughs> right, it seemed like a no shit um thing to change. Yeah. Um, one of my. I remember when Dumbo came out. One of my two D. Um, because I like 
you know, I, sometimes I take 2D classes to keep fresh, but, um, anyway, so, like, the last 2D class I was taking, my professor gave us, like, a whole spiel about, like, why the new Dun Dumbo sucks, and he's just, like, I saw it and I hate everything. So, um, you know, and I'll probably get the, into this later, like, on the main channel or something like that, like, just breaking down, like, animation principles and, like, why you don't, like, why, like, live action stuff and, you know, depictions just doesn't work is because, like, like, you can't just, just make a live action elephant and then be like, lol, it's Dumbo. And I'm like, no, it's not. Give that elephant some baby blue eyes. There you go. Hey, it's Kim Possible. We found a 15-year-old on the street and made her dye her hair red. We got it, right? And I'm like, oh, man. So. <laughs> we found regular old lions. Not when Simba, can't you tell? <laughs> can't you tell from his distinct personality? <laughs> Just the blink stares on all the lions. Oh gosh. Look, look, look how much love is in Nala's eyes in those cold, <laughs> dead, emotionless eyes. Can't you feel the love during the day? Anyway. <laughs> they should have mo-capped Beyonce's face. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so so Peter Pan was one of my first experiences with like how it used to be done in animation, like in the 1950s or so. So yeah, def hard zero out of ten <laughs> on that one. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of what you said about like the othering kind of thing, like portraying like American Indians as like a fantasy race, and I'm like, oh dang. yeah, yeah, LGBT people are not the only ones who have to worry yeah, about othering. So definitely can relate to that. Um, and, and that's kind of also like uh, why the mascots on like like sports sports teams. That's why that's kind of a big thing because it's like you know, <laughs> it's like I remember that. It's like yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was I remember they were like, we're not going to change the name of the Redskins no matter what. And then right. like Black Lives Matter happens, they're just like, oh well, I guess we have to now. And I'm just like, no shit, like come on, yeah, and come on, man. <laughs> shout out to the companies who like made them do it because like the owner of the of that team um like really was like really not an ally at all he's he's really uh really set in his ways and he only did it because the companies like refused to like sell merchandise and stuff so shout out to the companies for listening to the people who were uh, calling for that because yeah dang yeah. but yeah it, that's the, that's the thing it's that othering it's that like it's like we're an exotic uh distant fantasy race of of creatures it's like no we're people we're just freaking normal people <laughs> and so mo moving on to like pocahontas that was like the 90s wasn't it like 90s late 90s yeah, yeah. 96 yes. no no sorry 90 that 95 sorry yeah that was i if i'm remembering correctly that was done by disney's a team because they were they were counting on that to be their magnum opus correct right, right. that that worked out great <laughs> <laughs> so pocahontas like uh so we've we've had many decades since Peter Pan. So, some things have got have gotten better by the '90s, and so, um, so they were like, okay, let's let's do let's do Pocahontas, let's do a let's do an American Indian story, um, and they actually got uh, Russell Means involved in it, and Russell Means uh, is one of the big like uh, towering figures of the uh, civil rights movement, uh, the Native American rights movement uh, around uh, the '60s and such. Russell Means was a really really powerful indigenous activist and they got him involved in the pocahontas project and like he actually voiced um 
uh, Pocahontas's father. Yeah, uh, Chief Powhatan. Yeah. So, so it's like okay, they're they're trying really that they're trying to do this, and I think at the time. Uh, this was really welcomed. Like, Russell Means was really excited about this. He was, like, I think he still defends it to this day, actually. Um, mm. uh, I think he um, was really excited about it. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of Native Americans, from what I've read, were really excited about this at the time because, like, it was the first, like, major release. Uh, and for kids, too. Like, like for, with, like, a, a wide audience, a general audience uh, protagonist who was Native American. That was, like, big. Um to, mm-hmm. to, like it's like we haven't seen that and so i think at the time it was really celebrated um as inclusive and stuff nowadays like looking back on it like i think i think Oof. i think i think more people are likely to point out all the historical like the the, the crazy differences <laughs> in the movie versus the actual story of pocahontas which was really messed up uh, in real life. They fixed it in the sequel, right? She meets John Rolfe. It's all better. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Um, Lauren, the, you, you, don't, you, don't, you didn't see it, but that physically pained me when you said that. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, uh, Pocahontas, like, mixed. Uh, like, maybe five out of ten, maybe, or something. Cause, like, like, you, you got a you, you tried sticker, you know? Yeah, and, and they really <laughs> did. Like, getting Russell Means involved, like, that's that's a really good effort. That that was a really good... Um, yeah. Like, like, um, like, Russell Means was a controversial guy. He was, like, uh, he was demanding justice. He was demanding equality. Like, he, he, um, he, he was a pretty serious activist, and he, he, he got people mad, so... Having him on board was, I think, a brave thing to do. Um, right. And so I, I think at the time it was, you know, probably a welcome, a welcome thing. Uh, very cool to have. I think a protagonist like that. Yeah, I think like the the takeaway as far as Pocahontas, from my understanding, besides all the historical inaccuracies, like Pocahontas had a pretty crappy life, and John Smith was a creep. Yep. Um. Um, among other things, um, yep. <laughs> you know, um, but it's, he was not it's also, also he was also not a blind Mel Gibson either. Ah <laughs> oh, man! I mean, if he's voiced by Mel Gibson, he's still a creep. <laughs> I was okay. Here's here's my fact before we go. I go into my tangent, but I was convinced. Like, if you think about it, Mel Gibson has a very similar speaking voice to to Tim Allen. So I was convinced <laughs> that that he was Tim Allen, and I would I rem- I have memories of physically checking the credits of my Pocahontas like VHS tape because I was just like, because this is how my brain worked even like before we had the like like good internet, you know. Or I'm just like, that's the guy that's the guy who played Buzz. So you know, now I'll watch Pocahontas and be like, oh my god, like it's. Like just pretend it was Tim Allen the whole time. It's 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 more tolerable that way. But anyway, I'm just um, the I'm fan just... fiction. The fan fiction we deserve is Pocahontas and Buzz Lightyear getting together. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like picturing the movie now. John Smith does this like, huh? Those like yeah, like you, like Mel Gibson Tim has a very. <laughs> I'm gonna fix the native world uh, <laughs> 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 with my oh. with my my white. Oh. I don't know. Um, anyway. Oh god, we're going to the bad place. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bad place. Anyway, um, that's my good my good oh, place gosh. reference. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of like you know the the attempt was good. 
but it's still just by basing the story off an unhistorical event like plus like generally like probably just don't do like animated movies based on historical characters like there was there was something trending like a like a month or two ago where they made like a new live action anastasia Mm. where they completely like Mm. watered down the history and it's just like you know it's another one of like those like the ones where she survived but also like bad too so there is uh, no musical rasputin (laughs) and of course the, the amazing animated titanic movies of course Ugh. The, the legend goes on. <laughs> oh my god, legend won't go on. The feel-good Disney movie of the year, and Frank. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, it kind of, um, you know, it kind of whitewashes, not whitewashes in like actually whitewash. Well, maybe for Pocahontas, but like when you do that in general, like you know, like when you do like the Russian historical history, like everyone's kind of white there. But it kind of, it kind of. Um, takes the sting out of the story because you're just like oh it it all worked you have to like have a three-act structure with clear good and bad characters Mm -hmm. that were actual real people and then like you know there there has to be like a happy ending even though there wasn't so you know you think everything's fine then you look it up same thing with um kind of what happened with um saving Mr. Banks a little bit. I mean, they mm, left it up to yeah, interpretation. Right, right. But, you know, when, when you look back to it, it was like, oh, they they didn't do this. Like, that <laughs> exactly. that wasn't what they said. Yeah. Um, P.L. Travers they knew- did not go to Disneyland. P.L. Travers also hated the Mary Poppins movie. Her teary-eyed at the end there was basically her not going, oh, wow, this is beautiful. She's like, wow, you disgraced me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you know, and then then like even then we have to think about like oh they waited till her she died and then they got the rights and then they made Mary Poppins return. <laughs> Good move, Disney. Oh, oof. Um, Which but anyway, was nowhere um, near as good. But the animated stuff was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to see come some of the concept art before the movie came out technically. So like it was only like two weeks because like one of the guys from the from the the movie from the too deep part was just like hey we're gonna like talk about you look good at my character designs from it and i'm just like i'm don't tell anyone and i'm like you got it so i am shocked to this day that tempest shadow was mary poppins <laughs> yeah emily blunt is like she's good good actress yes. good 10 out of 10 yes. but anyway um let's see where was i going with this but um yeah, I I think like historic unless like the story of this historical content is not very different from the actual content where there's no drastic changes, um, you know, because in that way, you know, you introduce people to concepts and be like, well, this this person might have had a happy ending, but like history in general doesn't really have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a cynical point of view, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, just like maybe don't. If you want to make hist- like if you want to make historic an animated historical fiction, don't like uh make an animated historical fiction intended for general audiences, that being family, that being children, don't don't base it on major real historical events. Do what Rodel Dorado did. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's that's a actually a really good example because it was it was one of those ways where they showcased them going and exploring this whole 
you know, this whole world and this part of history and this time period and showing like, like these historical figures, but without it being directly, okay, this is exactly how it happened. It was a, a I think that's why they were like, they were like, they were like adjacent to like Cortez and those yeah and those guys and I like that they did they, they didn't yeah. shirk away from saying like you know Cortez was like one bad dude that you don't want to mess mm-hmm. with and um but and but at they still at the same time because of the tone of Road to El Dorado they carried it out like it took me years to realize that the Road to El Dorado the title itself was derived from the Road to series from like the what was it like the 30s and the 40s um that it was mm-hmm. it was a it was a comical adventure series and uh and it was always around two male leads and a female who would always accompany them and they would always do slapstick stuff together and get themselves in and out of trouble uh but they were traveling everywhere to do that and that's exactly what they were trying to do with this it wasn't something that or like this is exactly how it happened in history they're saying no these people just happened to be here at a point in history and all this crazy stuff happened uh, and, and it's, 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 and it's entirely fantastical with some real elements in it. It's not trying to be history. Mm-hmm. It's just saying it's history adjacent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, that was a fun movie. I, I wasn't a huge fan of like how like, um, the, the white guys were like the, the saved the village like themselves <laughs> in the end. Like, Oh yeah. Looking back, that's a big that, that problem. That was a little iffy, but like, I mean, very fun movie. Um, uh, characters were great. Um, uh, but yeah, like there were a few, um, few issues i did i did I, I, like like you guys said cortez being portrayed as like a villain like re- definitely like they, they didn't even get like close to how villainous that guy was exactly like dang um but like yeah the um, history adjacent like often um is it, it, less controversial over time um definitely <laughs> so i think go- I, and i think for like oh, for like ahead. i'm sorry go ahead no 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 you go ahead okay <laughs> um I think um, later on, uh, when was when was Lilo and Stitch? Was that like 2002, 2003? Yeah, 2002. Yep. Yeah. Me and Laura know like our film, like our Disney <laughs> filmology, like in our sleep. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's, that's good. You, you you're prepared. It's like it's like we want to podcast about animation like for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like uh, you got the whole textbook in in your head. That's awesome. The um, so Lilo and Stitch, I think, is one of the best. Um, I think indigenous representation examples out there. Mm. Um, like they're they're like a Native Hawaiian family, and they're normal people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they they they're in our modern world. They're normal people. They have TV. They like Elvis. Like they they have jobs. They like, and like the struggles they face are just normal people struggles. And like that, I think is incredibly, um, just like that. That's that's really nice to see. Yeah, uh, I think that that was that was done very well. I don't know if I really have any complaints at all. Actually, like it, it was, it was about them as people. It was about their their journey. It was about this particular story, and you know, it wasn't stereotypical. It was like it wasn't stereotypical. It was actually typical. It was actually just typical of what uh, a normal you know normal normal people would do in in a situation like this. And I think about that um, deleted. I think about that deleted scene often of this of yes. the of the of the. Uh... This, the tourists this, like this, this hello native girl yeah <laughs> and then and then she's just like and then just tour and then she's just like tourists prepare to die <laughs> <laughs> i love her so much <laughs> oh but don't you guys remember from those two no names from twitter lilo's an abuser uh, apparently started on that it was oh so- yeah the tw- t- 
Twitter has a way of ruining anything it if, wants to. If, if anything, I, what I liked in terms of the, of good discourse that I saw was people analyzing Lilo and her behavior. And well, not she. She's not just young. It may be that she had like you know she might have had learning disabilities or stuff like that too. So it's like they're because they're saying I people were like I recognize this when I was this little and I had these problems and I and that's why I identify with her so much and why I did mm-hmm. when I first saw her in theaters. And I'm like, okay, so there is there's something more there, and I think that's what's particularly powerful so about real. her is that she's very much a real little girl she's not a spoiled so brat yes. she is a girl yes. put into a horrible situation she and her sister and especially her yep. sister having to try and make ends meet and when it's just her and lilo and and trying and she i mean you even have the hints of her giving up on her career she wanted to be a professional surfer and actually was an award-winning competitive surfer and she had to give that up to take care of lilo after the parents died like that's you see it you don't have to it doesn't have to be said it's shown in the background of her trophies and her ribbons and her posters and everything so it's like seeing that she was a very real person grounded in in her life on the island and 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 with her family and seeing how devoted she is to that that's very real mm-hmm. especially when like Definitely. especially when cobra Definitely. shows up to to mm-hmm. to basically give her make her stress levels sh- skyrocket but yeah welcome to the lilo and stitch podcast <laughs> anyway um so pete how do you feel about moana then moana i think like Again, like it was sort of mixed with Pocahontas, but like it, it I, I think it did. I think they did a very good job with Moana in general. Um, and again, you'll have to ask the you know Pacific Islander sort of community um, to like get a really accurate take on it. But like Moana, I think from what I've read um, uh, and such, like uh, you know, getting Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander people involved in in, in the casting, I think was a, was a good idea. Um, they they set up like a, um, a what do they call it? Uh, they sort of set up like a, a committee, like a cultural sensitivity committee when they mm-hmm. went into this story, um, and like invited people from like Samoa and and and, and the, those islands and such to like to make sure they were doing it as right as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. And from from what I've heard and read, like it was received quite well um, in general uh, from a lot of. The Pacific Islander community. Obviously, there are some things, you know, there were some flaws. Uh, I think <laughs> there was an instance uh, in which Disney sort of marketed, <laughs> there was an instance in which I think Disney was marketing uh, some like Halloween costume. Some I think it was like a Maui. I think like, oh, Maui gosh, had like yeah. a Halloween costume or something. Yeah. And Maui's like actually like a, like a, like a demigod in, uh, in, in actual you know actual religion uh so that i think had to they had to backtrack on that so you know it, it's always tricky when you're dealing with a culture that's not um not your own so <laughs> there were definitely some flaws and, and some missteps um, but i think the inclusion of you know samoan and pacific islander and native hawaiian uh cast mm-hmm. and writers um that was you know i think i think it's getting better over time uh definitely um, it, people are including the actual culture um, that that is still alive today and consulting them. Mm-hmm. That is that that's a huge important step. Uh, I think having that one song, um, 
uh, We Know the Way, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Know the Way was the song. And it, it was like in, in both English and I think Samoan. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think was a beautiful moment. I think that was a... Um, yeah, I, th- I think that was a beautiful moment. It was, and it was, again, it was, this culture wasn't portrayed as like fantasy people or anything. No. They were, they were, they had, they had real problems. This was a real community. She had real as- aspirations and such. Um, I, I think uh, it was, they're, they're portrayed positively. And that, that I think is getting better over time. Uh, you know, <laughs> starting from uh, the, incredibly um just uh disrespectful peter pan back in the 50s <laughs> and slowly l- looking at how indigenous uh characters are portrayed over time you know pocahontas uh was like the first positive portrayal mm-hmm. um on a major film uh which was cool uh you know there were flaws huge flaws but like um gotta start having somewhere, a positive <laughs> yeah have it, having that positive representation was a great first step i think and then, you know, over time, Lilo and Stitch, I think, was done well. Moana was done well. Uh, and now we've got, like, you know, there's there's even a PBS Kids show now with uh, a Native Alaskan uh, uh, community. Mm. Uh, and they're, they're, like, they're, they're in the modern world. They have computers. They have smartphones and everything. Like, we're still here. And that's a huge, <laughs> impor- important thing to get across. We're not fantasy creatures from Neverland. We're not some old remnants like the pony express that is no longer here like we're still here our nations are still here and um i think people are getting it uh, over time slightly better there's still a long way to go um but the in- inclusion is awesome and more representation is always awesome yes i i feel like yeah and as we continue forward we are even seeing with like raya and the last dragon we'll have to see what what comes out of that yeah i'm hopeful for it especially when it seems like uh when it's supposed to be representative of southeast asian culture which is there's so 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 many people and so many different traditions and cultures and stories and and you know traditional garb traditional garments and all these different uh ways of life that are all part of this community and they're going to try and some summarize uh, i guess summarize it as best as they can in the story especially in as it i it, it is in a fan more fantastical setting well at least uh with the existence of dragons in the world um but uh but i i remain hopeful for it see where we go with it yeah and it's also the opportunity that kelly marie tran deserves after the backlash she got so <laughs> oh is she voicing the main character yeah, she got. They recast the lead. I think something happened with casting for the lead originally, and then Kelly came in, and they're like, you know, we could give this to you. <laughs> oh God, I'm so happy to hear that. She she is wonderful, yeah. and she deserves good things. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but what do you think? I think maybe what I like to think of. To, where do you think? So, as the media landscape landscape continues to change, you know, what are some the kinds of stories that we look we would look forward to where are some of the ones you'd like to see and how you'd like to see it portrayed in the in the media as you know all the as we're seeing it across platforms as well not just like in theaters but we're also seeing on streaming services and online and uh i guess it, that encourages you know you know uh ind- independent creators to tell stories as well uh so what are some maybe some stories that you'd like to see from each of you going forward hmm honestly in terms of lgbt rep 
I would be totally content with a slice of life sitcom just featuring uh, a married lesbian couple. Just them, them just like starting the story together and, and just going through like, and just going through, um, uh, daily life as a couple, like as, as most sitcom couples that aren't, Mm -hmm. that aren't predicated on hyping up, hyping up, uh, relationships like friends or how I met your mother. But yeah, like, um, maybe add a fantastical element to it. Maybe make it sci-fi. Maybe, maybe make maybe make a lesbian detective series. I'm not sure. Like, I'm flexible. Like, I'm flexible. Like on like the details. But so long as like the two leads are very sapphic and very wholesome and very into each other, like Gomez and Morticia levels of into each other, <laughs> I'd be fine. That's goals right there. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yes. And how about you, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, like um, more more indigenous writers would be great. Um, more inclusion, really. Uh, and you know, I, I don't. I, again, like you were talking about, like history being portrayed in like actual historical events being portrayed in animation. Like there are some cool stories that have happened in Native American history. It's not all, you know, it's, there, there is a lot of sadness that, about what happened, but, like, there, there are some bright moments uh, through all that. <laughs> I, part of me wants to see someone try that. Mm. Now, of course, you, you don't know how it might go, um, but, like, there are some bright moments um, uh, for the Navajo uh, people, actually. Um, in the <laughs> 1860s, uh, the U.S. government... Uh, rounded up like Navajo people with the intent to put them on like a reservation um and so basically Kit Carson and a bunch of the U.S. military were sent to the Navajo land and basically uh force marched like all the Navajo to a concentration camp on the prairie and like it was incredibly incredibly painful incredibly incredibly sad a lot of people died and the reservation they tried to create for the Navajo people on the prairie was just totally like the land wasn't fruitful and like the <laughs> nutrition was terrible like it was just horrible but like there were some Navajo leaders who spoke out and actually petitioned the government and like um uh, Manuelito Manuelito was a Navajo guy who was really good at speeches and and writing and um and just uh, public speaking and such and he actually went to Washington and petitioned the government uh, really eloquently like we're dying out here this reservation is not for us just let us go back home and the government looked into it and actually agreed with him mm. and the novel people got to they got to go home and wow. you know there there are bright moments of resistance there there are a few bright moments of resistance in um, in in the history and part of me wants to see those stories portrayed like it's not all doom and gloom. Like like there there's a lot of doom and gloom, but like um, there are bright moments, and that would be cool to see. Again, uh, like it's not just we're victims. It's not just we're we're um, we're people. We're, we're people, and like we we survive. You know. Mm. Um, I, I would like I, I would like to see someone try. I, I again, <laughs> it depends on who does it. Uh, if it's led by indigenous people, uh, an effort to, to tell a story like that. And there are tons of other stories of resistance uh, uh, from other nations as well. But, like, um, I, I would like to see someone try that. And if it's led by an indigenous team of writers, I think it could be really cool. Hmm. 
Yeah. And also more, uh, I, I'm always here for more just normal indigenous people in the modern world, uh, just living life, living their best life. <laughs> That's always cool too. Um, well, in terms of negatives, I could, you could argue that, um, in terms of negative, uh, negative consequences of the internet regarding representation, especially in terms of LGBT representation, it does give cause for writers to be very lazy and pulling a rowling with their work. Mm. That being, oh yeah, this uh, this character was gay, and I'm confirming it on this Twitter rather than in the actual text of the series. Look how good a writer I am. Now, yeah. what was I going to say? Uh, Noelle Stevenson did confirm that uh, Bo had two dads on Twitter first, but she then put them in the show. That's fine. Right. That's fine. Like, if you're just like, if you do like that stuff, it's okay. Like, um, but like, s- like keeping that like explicit information like on social media rather than in the text of the show that's just lazy and it does it does run the risk of giving a voice a, a loud voice to bigots but mm. bigots are tend to cause cause quite a bit of noise anyway like any kid throwing throwing a fit they're gonna demand you get their attention so how how easy or how hard it is kind of like is ultimately nebulous because uh another thing another thing the owl house is notorious for is uh pissing off karens first first for being witchcraft first for trying to indoctrinate the young people into into devil worship which i thought we kind of moved past from we like culturally kind of like accept like accept like the notion of devil worship isn't really like a problem anymore it's not something most people are gonna care about so it already got flack for that. And then and then Karen's got like uh, gave a more flack for uh, enchanting Gromfright. And I was like, well, I can't imagine that Dana Terrace is too bothered by this. And she to her credit, she is she was she is an absolute boss when handling this uh, kind <laughs> of stuff on on Twitter when uh, hearing complaints about how uh how explicitly inappropriate Luz and Amity are behaving. It's like, oh wow, what 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 kind of person are you if the if you think two girls holding hands is inappropriate? But it does. Um, yeah, well, I was gonna say the internet does unfortunately give like a louder voice to uh, bigots, but so long as the creative team has a good head on their shoulders and know know what uh, feedback to listen to, what to ignore, it should be fine. They just have to also make sure not to take the easy route and just confirm everything later on Twitter. Right. That 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 should know. That should bet. And don't and don't don't conf- and don't confirm it just in interviews either, because yeah yeah same problem. So uh, for like social media and like how it, this relates to like representation, like. <laughs> as you said, social media is like there's a lot of negative stuff going on uh, with social media and how it affects our minds, how it affects our our emotions, how it aff- just uh, <laughs> the the nature of social media is like it, it's incredibly easy to to like have your echo chamber and such. Um, so like a lot of the opinions you'll see on Twitter are like very like oh 
what <laughs> amplified i guess i don't know what the word is just in intensified amplified it's not representative of everyone in real life it's it's and again social media is design you know it, it encourages that which is not always healthy for having a a conversation um uh pete yeah. can i like uh could i like try to like uh sum up what you're trying to say what i think you're trying to say and like hear you expand on that yeah go for it i think you're trying to say that white twitter is especially loud and tends to be one of the uh one of the voices that creators hear the most that, that that's one of the many things yeah i guess <laughs> Okay, I'm. I apologize if I miss if I uh, misunderstood the point you're trying to make. That was just my immediate takeaway. Yeah, that, that, I mean that, that's one that's one of the many effects of it. Um, but like another thing is like if you don't know any indigenous people or really anyone of any minority, any 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 group that is a minority, if you don't have anyone in that group in your social media feed, uh, there's a good chance you'll never hear anything uh, from that group uh, from any, anything from their perspective. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of people who like try to um, oh, how do I put this? Um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people who try to imagine what indigenous people are thinking about something without actually consulting indigenous people. <laughs> like uh, there are a lot of people who sort of get offended uh, uh, with with the term Indian or American Indian. And like there are many indigenous people who share that opinion, but not all, not 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 every not everyone. And it would be good if people got like um, got a perspective from an ind indigenous person. But you're not going to get that if your Twitter only has non-indigenous people, um, or if or if your media diet doesn't include anything by indigenous creators. Um, and then like uh, like the mascots issue that oh gosh that was done to death. Um, <laughs> That was so painful. Like, there's so many more important indigenous stories to cover. Why are we talking about football? But, I mean, it's one of the... It, it's important, but it's not the most important thing. Like, there's water rights, there's land rights, but football, okay, sure. Um, but, like, you know, it's not the worst thing to talk about, but, you know, there's more, too. Um, but, like, a lot of people were sort of um, not consulting indigenous people themselves on what what we think of the, of the like the mascot thing or the or the terminology of what you should call us or whatever um and <laughs> so that's an issue another thing on social media is like um when they refer to indigenous people they often refer to us like as like a broad category like american indian or native american or or or, or something like that without referring to like someone's specific nation like I'm a Navajo guy. Like I, I am a Native American person, but like I, I, I like don't identify as closely with that broad category. It's like it's like calling a French person a European. Like you're technically right, but like they're probably a lot more proud of being of being French than European broadly. Like um, like there, there's a whole continent. There's a whole continent of like there's like three hundred like different uh, Indian nations in North America, and like anytime you can specifically. Like, if you're talking about a specific person, like, oh, my, you know, my, my Navajo friend or, or my, my, my Cherokee, uh, my, my Cherokee, um, boss or whatever, like, if you can refer to the specific nation that they are from, that is always really cool. That's always helpful because, um, each nation's culture is different. So when you, um, 
Like, if you're talking about a bunch of different nations broadly, then, of course, Native Americans, like, cool and, and whatever. Um, or American Indian or Indigenous American. Like, like that's cool. But, like, um, <laughs> it's it, it's really cool if you take the time to learn the specific nation someone is from and, and refer to that. Uh, because that nation is much more meaningful than the broad category that goes across the whole continent. Um, but, yeah, social media is crazy. <laughs> it's just... What, what what do we do? Um, just 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 be respectful and you know always be ready to learn more. You're you're never done learning, so always be ready to learn more. And yeah, that that's <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a good um, that's a good note to end on. Unless you guys have any other any other closing thoughts you want to get in there for the for all. <laughs> two of the masses that listen to the podcast no i'm i mean there's a little bit more than that but i just i give do myself. have some closing thoughts <laughs> uh let's see go ahead yeah um that's a that's a good thing uh pete said that you're never you you never stop learning because there's one thing in terms of representation given to us by people who consider themselves tolerant and culturally enlightened is that they kind of think there's nothing left for them to learn. Mm -hmm. And when someone presents the evidence that they have something left to learn, then they feel like their quality as a person, like their morality, is being called into question, and they kind of, like, block it. Mm -hmm. They kind of block it from their minds, Mm -hmm. like, uh, specifically, because they can't can't really... uh, They can't really... Uh, cope with the idea that they aren't as enlightened as they like to think they are and a good thing and a good thing to remember about enlightenment especially in terms of being uh, about of giving quality representation in media is that you know there's not there's always could be more for you to learn there's always you're never done trying to enlighten yourself it's it's an ongoing process like training now in terms of my in terms of the closing thoughts i had prepared when you're considering representation, when you're considering to do representation for your creative work, be that LGBT, do uh, anything about regarding race, religion, ethnicity, uh, national background, just re- just keep in mind your target audience because a lot of the problems I have with LGBT rep in modern media stems from the fact that most of the is most of the examples I'm labeling are coming from children's properties. Now, if you're if you're a thing, if if your jam is watching two emotionally maladjusted women beating beating the ever-loving snot out of each other, but then somehow falling in love after that. If that's your thing, then fine. Just keep it away from the kids. Make your own make your own YA or adult adult erotica out of that on your on your own time. And keep it to that audience. Keep it to that demographic and away from the kitty winks. Also with yeah, and also with uh, with um, you know racial representation, you want to do a historical. If you you want to do an animated story about like a historical figure, well, depending on the contents of the figure and the historical moment you're talking about, you're probably not going to want to package that as a family friendly movie. Just just keep just keep your atrocities and your abuse glorification out out of uh, out of di- out of the out of kids Netflix. Just yeah. it's not trying to sneak your yeah. kinks in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how do I how do I follow that, how follow that up? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, like like kids entertainment. It's definitely something to think about. Like you, you got kids watching, and they're going to take. You know, they're they're gonna they're gonna take lessons from it. Whether you're whether you're trying to preach something or not, they're going to hear it. Um, so be careful in what messages your thing sends to uh, the kids and adults uh, that are watching it, because uh, it'll get internalized. And if you put if you put your lesson into the proper context, that's cool. Um, but yeah, you know, be careful. Like cre <laughs> creating stories is is not um, creating stories that people pay attention to is not super easy. It is like it, there's a lot of soul involved. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, <laughs> you're always saying something, even if you're not trying to. So be careful. Uh, and take the time to do it right, and your audience will be the better for it, and you will be the better for it. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's a I think that's a good point to end on. So, um, if you're new to the podcast, um, welcome um, to that's 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 it. Uh, this is the podcast. Friendos, so, I think Brenda should plug themselves as well. Where can you find people on? And where can you find? yourselves on on twitter on instagram on youtube on any of them let them know <laughs> okay well uh for me you can go subscribe to my youtube channel michaela tarkelson uh michaela spell with an i instead of a y people always get that wrong but uh and if you want to spell tarkelson well good luck but you can also follow me on twitter at tarkelson tia it's tarkelson tia or uh, follow me uh, at Miss McHale on Tumblr. Or just go to my Patreon, uh, Michaela slash, you know, Patreon slash Michaela Turkelson. And yeah, that's how you can find me and scream at me about how <laughs> wrong I am. And I, Round Trip, uh, I am, that, that, that's it. That's all you have to type in. Uh, on YouTube, I am Round Trip. Just look for the very badly drawn uh, pony, the, the stick figure pony. Um, that is me, and uh, if you want me to very stupidly summarize on my Little Pony episode, I am your guy. Um, you, my content is very, very not um, intellectual. <laughs> it's very easy to watch, I think. It's it's very stupid, so I hope you'll uh, have fun with me as I just goof off. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, at roundtripguy, no spaces. Okay, and um, out of curiosity, Pete, what are you doing now since ponies are over? Are you just kind of <laughs> catching now, up with right. your episodes? I am for now. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. For now, I am the return of the pony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm considering uh, some ideas. I I'm looking at uh, possibly, maybe, no promises, maybe looking at some prior seasons. Maybe we could have some fun with that. Um, also, there's a bunch of. There's a bunch of crazy Equestria Girls stuff out there that we could also possibly ha have some fun with. Um, so yeah, I I'm writing stuff down. I I'm not sure exactly what what's next, but uh, stick ponies are still uh, still coming. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not I'm not losing my religion yet. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll do the spiel about I'll do the ending spiel about the podcast. So again, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, Hopefully these guys plugged things so you're listening because you like um, either Michaela or um, Pete Davidson over there. But um, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> um, 
yeah, so uh, please subscribe to 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 the main channel um, too, because again, our views are like negative five. I mean, the Owl House video is doing okay that we just released, so there's there's that. But um, yeah, turn your notifications on. Podcast comes out every week Wednesday usually, unless we do something wrong, which happens sometimes. And um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. I think all the other social medias are plugged in the end for Lauren and I. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. for listening. And, uh, and Go ahead. Yeah, and thank you both so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you, KP. Thank thank you, Lauren. Uh, this yeah. was fun. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, I think I think this turned out a lot better than I expected <laughs> between, like, let's just get people and put them in, and then we're having, oh, intellectual conversations. <laughs> Yay, we did it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, thank Better you guys for your yes. um, for your time. I think it was really it was a good episode. So, oh, you too. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Yes. All right. Um, bye, everyone. Have a good night or bye. morning or day, everybody. Toodles. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication. Animation Communication.